You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, welcome to the Sportive. It's episode 60. We're missing Stu tonight, but Clarence and Brandon are both here. Um, we can pretend that we just heard our brand new theme song that we're going to use for the intro today, which was, I think if I recall correctly, Twin Cinema by the New Pornographers. We can pretend mm, we heard just heard it in our own or earphones. the band, but uh, that's great. It's good. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, Elvis Andrews has just gotten thrown out of the Twins game for yelling at the umpire, which is always kind of fun. Yep. Get out. Should I do my, my joke? Yeah, go ahead and do your joke again. Let's see now, if it works better. Clarence did this joke before we started. He's going to try again and see how we do this time. Elvis has left the building. Oh, there you go. Oh. That's better. That's a lot better. The first it was better that time. Yeah, it was really bad the first time. I don't even know what you were doing for a second. That's how bad know. it was. I'll keep right. working on it. It's right. the delivery, I think. It's not so much the prose. I think it's the delivery. Post-production is your best friend. <laughs> yeah, like we do post production. Yeah, I'm putting in the extra work. That's that sounds like me. <laughs> Run it back. Extra mile. Run it back. I'll redo it. Yeah, we'll we'll thing sure. back again. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon is back this week. You were in New York City, is that right? Yeah, I was in Miami two weeks ago and New York last week. So busy time. <laughs> All right, good, good. Another, another good call out. <laughs> yep. Just gonna keep doing this the whole night. Uh, Stu's not here, so I'm just gonna. Oh. Was All the late 80s, funny, <laughs> shecky comedian bits. I like it. I like it you a lot. You can throw a rubber chicken at me. Yep. Yeah. Why don't they make the whole plane out of the black box? <laughs> and what is it with planes anyways? <laughs> uh, those yeah, peanuts. Um, you guys were uh, you guys were having a decent time without me. Not a great time, but an okay time. I'm glad to see you survived. Well, we had to go to the emergency podcast guest, so it wasn't exactly perfect. But the, the emergency podcast guest was you pretending to be somebody else, right? Well, as we know, this different. podcast is me talking to you and pretending to be three other people at all times. So, <laughs> yeah, Steve yeah, Cannon, exactly. I'm Morgan Mundane. <laughs> I don't at some point, Ma Linger. Over at the, you some don't point, get that? Brandon learned about what? my multiple personality disorder, and instead of getting me the help I needed, he chose to support it by starting a podcast at which I could let every part of this split personality come out. It's my MO. So, Brandon is what we call an enabler. Did you do anything 
let's let's put it this way. Did you do anything sportive in NYC or Miami? Um, very, very little sportive. I ate uh, many very fancy dinners, uh, felt very out of my element and embarrassed the entire time. I had no idea how to order, what to order, anything like that. That's, um, it doesn't feel good. You know, like as, as comfortable as you are in your own skin, it's always a little, a little uneasy to be in a, a restaurant that's a little beyond your station, so... Got some sushi. There was one place we went out to dinner. Oh. It was like I, I think, it, and I like sushi, but I don't really know what to order. So I had somebody else order for me. Very embarrassing. I don't understand. Uh, it, you you just order sushi, right? You just say I'll have one sushi. <laughs> I, is there different types of sushi? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is there really? There's a million. <laughs> I'd like what? five sushi, please. <laughs> I don't understand. Uh, like, five? Are you sure, sir? I'm not sure you can eat five sushis. I thought sushi was like mozzarella sticks. Like it's just that's what sushi sushi is just sushi. Sushi is the preparation. Um, it's rice and seaweed. There is so no preparation. Can... It's a raw fish. It's just there. No, there's, not necessarily. There's there's shrimp which is cooked, and there's crab which is cooked. Then there's walleye which is cooked. Doesn't make any um, goddamn sense. It's really sense. The, just the preparation of of what it is. So yes, the main sushi is raw. Typically, I would say tuna or eel. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you prefer cooked, like, uh, Danielle, my wife is pregnant, um, and... Hey, congratulations, I didn't know that. You didn't? I don't yeah, think I... you didn't show up at the bar the other night, Clarence. That's right. No, I didn't know that. No, congratulations, way to yeah, go. Yeah, I knocked her up real good, even on purpose. <laughs> the old stup trophy, good job. <laughs> yep, finally got one. This is how you get 11 kids, like, on purpose. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, wait, okay, yeah. I'm sorry, I got you sidetracked. But good job. Thank you. Um, <laughs> well done. And she's uh, not supposed to have raw fish when you're pregnant, so she, we still get sushi all the time. She just eats shrimp and crab. So it's really more if you like, well, you obviously don't like rice, so you're not going to like it anyway, but mm. um, spicy food, like you can get a lot of Or fish. So adding fish and rice, that's just, uh, yeah, no goddamn shot. I guess the I, only thing would be is if you love seaweed more than you no. hate <laughs> rice and fish. <laughs> That'd be your and only I, hope. Or if, only, love, only saving oh, or if you love only saving, or if you love avocados so much that you enjoy yeah, the three ingredients. Yeah. Oh no! Is that the th- really the three ingredients? Is rice, sea- seaweed, and fish? And fish, typically. Yeah. Oh lord, that's terrible. Yeah. Seaweed is mostly tasteless, so I wouldn't worry too much about that. But the rice and the fish, you can certainly taste those. And then a lot of wasabi, which is very spicy, like a paste. And I basically well, that I know. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, that's not great stuff, but it's okay. And then I went to another dinner at the Palace something or other in New York, and um, there was a $32 hamburger on the menu. Like, what am I doing at this place? This is bullshit. Did you uh, order the $32 hamburger? No, no, I would never. No, I, I wanted it, but I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm not. You just felt like that was, to... that was the hill you were going to die on. That was a bridge yeah. too far for you. I'm it's not a going to order much, a $32. Yeah. Now, is this $32 hamburger notable in some way, such as having two pounds of cheese on it or being six pounds or something like that? Came with a $20 bill, which is nice. Nice yeah. outfit. <laughs> uh, I have no idea. I think it was, um, I didn't even look too closely. It was probably Kobe beef and then, yeah, who knows what the hell else. It's on a foie gras and truffle and whatever the fuck else can be on on these things, but um, yeah, I was very out of my element for almost every single meal, which sucked. But besides that, there's a, they're both cool cities. New York's great, so 
I honestly don't like New York. Not just because of the sports teams. I've only been there once, and it's just mm-hmm. way too much. Way, way, way too much. Yeah, I think if you go into New York, into New York without a minute by minute plan of what you're going to do and where you're going to go and where you're going to eat and all that sort of stuff, it can just eat you alive and be shitty. I mean, I can totally see that. I love it, but I've also like really been very planful when I've gone there of like stay away from this, go to that, that sort of stuff. Um, and in that way, it was great. But no, I've, I have no problem seeing bad experiences in New York. I've, Good, never, uh, I've never had a plan for any of my life. Oh, really? Um, I've kind of um, gotten into planning. You should try it sometime. Yeah, seems overrated. Ah, fuck it. Never did mind. You, uh, did you do any coke? Uh, who's asking? <laughs> Are we recording? Taught you well. Good jo- you got warrant? You got a warrant. Good job. All right, that's fair enough. Just leave that be. Talk about that post-production. Like you said, we'll talk about that later. We'll go in the green room. Do any coke? Right. You got a warrant? <laughs> Perfect. Um, no, I didn't do any cocaine at all. I drank a lot of beers. Um and uh, uh-huh. I think it was borderline too many with my bosses, but right on the cusp of, like, fun guy and not, like, oh, boy, oh, oh, boy. <laughs> um, at least in my head, that's the level I was at, but who knows? You never, you know, it's it's dicey with the, with the coworkers. And we talked about it before, but, like, when you're a parent and you're out on a work trip, all I wanted to do was drink, like, 6,000 beers. <laughs> yep. Lampshade like on the a, head, the whole deal. Like, yeah, it was like uh, when I went to Cancun on spring break when I was 18, it held that like energy inside me. So I had to had to really take her on easy and and mix in a light beer every once in a while and it was not it was not easy to control myself, but I think I did an okay job. I mean, I'm still employed. Just you you're know, maturing. Probably. That's good. I'm proud of you. I remember back in my consulting days, we'd always end up going out on Wednesday night because everybody would be in from out of town and they'd be flying home on Thursday. So if we were going to do a team event, it would have to be Wednesday. And I'd say most of the people would sort of keep it, you know, quiet. It's a Wednesday night. You got to keep it a little quiet. We got to go to work tomorrow, except Mm -hmm. for the people who had children and had a reason to be out. And they were the ones who were just like oiling up the greasy rags and throwing them down and just lighting them on fire and watching it burn just for the just for the sheer joy of feeling something oh man I, and i only have one kid i can't imagine how uh i will probably in a year from now if you ask me again i'll be openly like yeah i did a lot of cocaine i did yeah. as much cocaine as i could possibly find i started mounds of cocaine and wanted more afterwards. I, I found some snowstorm yeah have you seen scarface yeah my heart yeah. stopped for ten minutes, and I saw Jesus. That was place. That was preschool. That was fucking nothing. Yeah. Oh God. Um, it's a snowstorm. So, uh, Clarence, how far apart are you? Are your two oldest kids? Two years. They're two years apart. So I think the issue right now, because we're going to be three years apart, is that like an almost three year old, as our kid is right now, is pretty simple, mm-hmm. especially when there's two of us. So we're really in this like sweet sure. spot of. A yep, life is yep. is pretty good, and it's it's very quickly going to be um, the worst. What would you say? Year of my life, probably adult life. Uh, Six months. Yeah, I know you don't want to hear this, Brandon, but I'll just I'm, I'm just going to tell you honestly. Fuck. Fuck. Um, fuck. fuck. I don't it's going to be the worst year of your life because there is nothing like having three. 
Oh, the, okay. The, you may end up having three is only why I hold back on saying it'll be the worst year in your life because having three is ex- it's exponential. It's not like just adding on another one. It's yeah. exponential. It's so much. It's that third one that really gets you in the ass. But yeah, having two is... Uh, yeah, you're <laughs> buckle up. Um, I know. Having now he's three now, so is he potty trained? He's got to be getting pretty close. He's getting close. He's not three yet, but he will be when we have the. She's not due till November, so he's just two and a half right now. But he's good and easy, and just we're like loving it and so fun and having two diapers is the is difficult. I'd say that's the biggest thing. Having two okay. in diapers. Going through a boy in potty training with an infant, man, fucking mm-hmm. hey. No, Bro. I don't I don't wish that on anybody. What I don't and if there's two of you it's okay, but if you're you're all by yourself, like let's say you go shopping or something with the th- with the three year old that's just really getting into potty training uh-huh. and then an infant, okay. fuck that. No, oh, let me God. ask you, I was not planning on actually ever being alone with the two kids. Is that a thing I'm gonna have to do? <laughs> yeah, you. Well, oh, you can know. plan. Are you, you know uh, what guys say about God and planning? You know, uh-huh, like laughing his uh-huh. ass off. She'll be like, "Yeah, hon, I, uh, I'm going out with my friends," and uh, you're like, well, "Fuck, I, we need groceries. I could, we got." She'll be like, "Oh, tough titty. You got to fucking take care of it." And there this you'll the be. Worst. This happens yeah. in regular. Oh Jesus! So you will be in the middle of the cereal aisle, and the boy will be like, "Dad, I gotta go poopy." And then you'll have an infant just screaming its head off. Oh, and there God. you'll be, and you'll be like, fuck me. Fuck this. And you'll have no idea where the bathroom is because it's a giant grocery store. And the infant will be screaming its head off, and you'll have a cart full of frozen foods, and you'll just be like, I just want to go. I just want to leave my frozen foods, my kids, everything. Just <laughs> drop everything. Just run out the front door. And fucking, like, steal some guy's motorcycle. And just hop on it and just like take my shirt off and throw it and just be gone to the Black Hills. Just across to the Wendy Dufresne on a boat <laughs> in Mexico. Just sleeveless God. dress shirt for some reason. <laughs> Change my name. Yep, sleeveless dress shirt. Oh, uh, yeah, good tan. Yep, the sun kissed oh, hair. Shit. The breeze blowing across your face and no one yelling at you or saying they have to go to the bathroom. Oh man, I was I was thinking if Danielle said I was going out with I want to go with a friend, then she would just bring one of the kids with her. That doesn't <laughs> fuck. I just took a sip out of my beer. Yeah, good luck with all that. Yeah, no, <laughs> you know what the the friends love is when the mom brings the kid along. No, they love yeah. that. That's that is a late night out. Oh, oh, they love it. It's awesome. Yep. Year after. All right. All right. That sucks. Yeah. No. I think the third. I'm not going to have a third one. I will go. I'll get snipped tomorrow if I have to. You just as a good like reminder. I'm gonna go get a vasectomy tomorrow. (laughs) The kids warning you you for the vasectomy the same day. All right. We're good. Well, go. All right. We're getting snipped right now. Yep. Go to a doctor too to do it. I mean, don't go to like the guy behind you know the savers. That's well, I got good. a group on. <laughs> I got a group on for uh, the butcher at uh, at our um, Tom Thumb over here. He's gonna do it for me. 
You don't let the vasectomy guy that's got yeah hands like a longshoreman. Just these fucking giant meaty hands. That's just you know, I'll be I'll be tired. I'll be taking every care of everything down there. Only be tender. Don't worry about it. <laughs> the guy can, can't tie his shoes because his fingers are so goddamn big. But yeah, he's gonna be uh, look for Velcro. Down. Yep. Keep your eyes peeled for Velcro. Um. Oh. Did you realize how insane life was going to be when you had before you had the third? Like this changes everything because I feel like the world is made for four people, like booths at restaurants and cars, everything else. Like when you have that fifth one, you're right. That blows that blows it all up. Like it's all. I had been told, you know, the third one is the is the game changer. Like two is hard. Nobody is saying two isn't hard. That don't. The people that are listening, I don't want it to sound that way. Like, I'm saying two is easy because two isn't easy. I'm saying three changes everything. You're right. Uh, a car, like a car, fucking easy. Fitting four people in a car, even if it's two car seats in the back, easy peasy, easy. You can't fit three car seats in the back of a car. I don't care who the fuck you are. It's, I don't care how good you are at Tetris. You can't fit fucking three car seats in the back of a car. You have to have a minivan or like a crew cab pickup. You got to. Uh, or one of the kids has to be out of car seats. Which, okay, well, you can't can't do If they're too young, they, they got to be in a car seat. So there you are. Yeah. Uh, your dining room table. Like we had a dining room table. You know how many people fit at a dining room table? Most of them? Four. four. But now you got a fifth one? <laughs> what the fuck? So now you've got four matching chairs and then like this fifth random chair that's barely fits and doesn't match anything. <laughs> it's all this shit that you just n- never even think about. Um, ordering a pizza. You know, it's like, fuck, large pizza, two adults and two kids. Yeah, it's about... Fifth kid? Fuck, now what? It ain't oh, enough. <laughs> so you gotta get like cheese bread? And that's where they fuck you. Is the cheese bread's like eight bucks or seven, six bucks. That's where they fuck you in the price. Of course they do. I don't know. They got you right everything, right. every goddamn little thing is uh, just adds up. Yeah, you're right. You don't. Oh, you're not boy. Well, it's great. Anyway. I don't want. <laughs> but it's <laughs> great. No, but it's great. Seriously, it's, it's the most rewarding thing you'll ever do. Blah blah blah. Your life's over. <sighs> Oh, boy. Okay, well, that's good to know. Good to know. Um, but anyway, uh, my travels were great. Thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> no have, we introduced, uh, have we introduced our third person yet, John? Clarence is here. <laughs> I, I think we must have introduced Clarence at some point. We yeah, are in the, like, watches. minute 45 of this podcast. Oh, well. So. Whoops. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about something that's depressing in a totally different way, by which, since Brandon's back, we might as well talk about the wolves and specifically what? about It's It's Kevin May. Wolf. It's the end of May. Uh-huh. And we'll we're stop. talking about... Yeah, but the twins are depressing. Right, the Vikings aren't anything, and we might as well talk about the wolves. They don't have a coach. Uh, Dave, <laughs> Dave Yorger. I'm actually not sure how to pronounce his name. Is it Yorger? Jorger. Jorger. Jorger? Jorger. Jorger. Jerkoff. He decided to stay with the most dysfunctional team in the league rather than coach the Timberwolves. Kevin Love wants out, and everybody knows it. Flip Saunders is about to name himself coach of the team. 
how can things get any worse, Brandon? Well, I mean, they could for sure fuck up the draft. Well, I mean, they will do that. We know that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, man. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be... I don't know, man. Are you looking for a light at the end of this tunnel? It's going to be tough. The only light would be if they roll the dice on a young, unproven coach who ends up being the next Popovich or the next Hornacek or the next whoever, young Thibodeau even, like a good, just a good, solid coach. That's the only hope that they have because Flip Saunders as a coach is not the answer. We know exactly who he is, and he's got a ceiling, and it's not very high. Um, I think uh, Clarence asked on Twitter today why I would not want um, why I would not want Flip as a coach, and I think that the um, you know he's been coach of three teams: uh, the Wolves the first time around, the Pistons for what three years, and then the Wizards for like three years. And I would say from when he started coaching to when he left. Uh, the team was in a lot worse shape. And in all three situations, well, actually, let's just say the first two situations, he had a really good amount of talent on the roster. Obviously with KG and and um, um, Spree and Cassell and those guys, they were they were good. He just didn't really elevate them. And then once things got a little bit dicey at, that next year, he was, he was terrible and fired. And I think the same thing happened with the Pistons. He went into a really good situation. Had good talent, good players. They were fine, but they just underwhelmed, and he was fired again. And then with Washington, Under, wait, uh, just I want to clarify here: with both the Timberwolves and Detroit, it was the postseason underwhelming that did him in. It wasn't the regular season underwhelming. He he had good regular season records at both spots. He did, and he had really good talent at both spots. I don't think that the, anybody said like, "Wow, he's really teaching these guys up" or anything. You know, it was like he seems fairly confident. He's got. Um, he knows how to find decent talent, but um, I don't know if there's anything beyond that from what I remember. Well, I mean, this was teaching them ago. up, succeeding in the playoffs isn't about teaching players up, is it? Um, I think in if you have the talent that he had, they should have gone farther in both places. Hmm. That would be my sense. I I and just I'm trying to think back quickly. to Detroit. Didn't he? Like, didn't they win the East? Like, didn't they have the best record in the East? Like every year he was there. Didn't they finish first in the... When they, yeah, when he got there, they were really good, and they stayed pretty good for about two of the three years or three of the four or something. And then just like in Minnesota, the bottom dropped out, and and uh, and he was canned. And I don't think anybody ever missed him from Minnesota when he left, and I don't think anybody ever missed him from Detroit when he left. And then he went to a Washington team that didn't have much talent and didn't do shit, and he got replaced, by the way, by Randy Whitman, who's done a better job than him. Um, you know, it's a little bit of apples to oranges because they got new players in and good draft picks and all that sort of stuff. But the thing is, he's coached at three places. He's been fired from all three places pretty quickly um, in the grand scheme of things when coaches can stick around forever. Um, and he is now 59 years old and has shown no ability to to coach in this league of young, analytical, insanely hardworking coaches um, and I just have no faith that this old dog's going to learn new tricks at all. All right, I mean, six fair years enough. old. That's fair enough. I'm really so, playing devil's advocate with the whole deal. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to. No, I think it's fine. We talked about um, 
actually, I talked about Suhan today, his his idiotic column, which, again, I don't know why I thought this one was so idiotic, because they're all very, very dumb and very bad. Um, but this one, he said, uh, he started it. Did either of you read the column? He's talking about how... Yes, is I did best, read it. Yeah, the best I read it. Um, and his point was... Um, you know, he started with a good point, and then he just completely lost it. Um, was there's a little bit of a catch twenty two? Whereas, if you're a good coach, you're not going to want to come to this situation. Um, and he acted like that was the only that that was the end of it. That was the only answer. So, getting back to what I said, the only really hope for this organization is they have to find they have to take a chance on somebody unproven or young or undervalued in some in some way, and that's really the only chance for for any of this to work out. Take a chance. Um, take a chance. Take a chance. Take a chance. Take a chance. Wait, we're not doing that. <laughs> I thought that's where we were going with that. No, no, you kept you kept with it. You kept with it, hoping one of us would just stare at you silently. Um, so, I mean, yeah, in a way, like, um, a really smart coach who has other options wouldn't, wouldn't want to come here, et cetera, et cetera. But there is only 30 jobs. Um I can't imagine any smart assistant would rather be an assistant than take over this this organization. Um, so that's just me. I mean, I think that there's probably lots of, of really good candidates out there that are really smart and understand analytics and um, how to uh, how to be flexible with uh, with his game plan. Um, I just don't know. I just don't have any trust. We'll find them. And I think. Um, you know, who knows, like, with this Taylor thing about he's only comfortable with guys he knows and all that sort of stuff. It just be a, it, This could be playing the long game, like a, the long view, which you guys know I love, the long view. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, that and nuance, my two favorite things. <laughs> um, it still might be coming back to haunt us that he uh, made such a terrible decision with David Kahn. You think that he still might be a little bit bruised about like, well, I went with a guy outside the guys I knew, and look what happened, this fucking moron. I signed the worst general manager in the history of Minnesota sports. Yeah. He's like, fuck that's it. That's saying something. Yeah. That's why, and that's why he something. went back to flip. That's remarkable. Who is who is in competition with David Kahn for the worst general manager in the No, no, this sport? is not a com- Simply, he wins the... Uh, Lifetime Achievement Award because of the Herschel Walker trade. Mike Lynn. I'm not... Voting's closed. I'm not going to even hear about any further discussion. Yeah, but... Um, you do no, have to give Mike Lynn credit no, for no, managing to steal money from the Vikings for a million years afterwards, after the Metrodome was built. I know what you're trying to say, and that even adds on to it for That's that true. son of a bitch to continue making millions of dollars <laughs> off of that after he destroyed the franchise and yep. built the Super Bowl <laughs> for Dallas. I don't, why are we talking about this? Unbelievable. That is true. I'm done talking yep, about it. You're right. I think I don't have time to go to the, uh, the, inter- the internet right now and look it up, but the Cleveland Cavaliers had a general manager, Ted Stepien or Stepien or Step... Wasn't that he, they had, he was such a I bad he was general the owner. Manager. Oh, maybe he was. That's possible. He, and This was back in like the I don't know. The NBA used to be like an absolute, like embarrassing, you know, or run organization for most of like the sixties and seventies, right? So I think it was back then, even into um, the eighties, really. Yeah, that's true. Like it, this is a very new thing to be like a respectable league. Um, but he made well, so many bad respectable decisions. Respectable, as in quotes. Let's be honest here. Let's all, yeah. Let's all 
just calm down for five seconds. Respectable. Adam yeah. Silver is try is doing his best to get him there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this Ted, whatever, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name, Stepien or something. Ted Simmons. He was Jorger. a catcher for the Brewers, and now and then he became the owner of the Cavaliers. So Ted Simmons, the Ted catcher. Kaczynski. Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, was uh, <laughs> even worse at being a general manager than he was at being a human being. It's amazing. <laughs> so the Unabomber made so many bad moves as the owner of the Cavaliers that they, the commissioner had to step in and make a bunch of rules that didn't allow him to trade first-round picks anymore and made, made a bunch of like regulations just for this one owner. That's how bad he was. So I think you have to put that guy in the conversation with old Kanzi. I was just talking about local GMs. Yeah, I, was also I wasn't just going national. Here. Don't get me wrong. I but enjoy I, making fun of Cleveland so that our buddy at Fasola can good. be miserable about himself. But I was just talking Doug about Minnesota. Yeah. is in the conversation Kanzi. Um, it's got to be Lynn. I don't remember the anecdote, but he was that trade was so bad. He didn't even understand like the, the how the trade went down. Do you remember that? Like It was... You yes. can take a guy, or you can take the draft pick equivalent of where this guy was drafted. If you cut like, this guy, uh, then yeah, you get our draft picks. And, yeah, oh, for Christ's sake! What so, he, so we decided to cut them all, and Lynn was like, "No, nah, fuck it, just keep them." <laughs> you can have the draft picks and the guys. Fuck, this is, this is a bad idea. I don't, why are we talking? We're talking about like the day my dog got hit by a car. Let's yeah. just keep. It's, and then I will then. Then the guy knocked on our door, and he had his hat in his hand. <laughs> We're not talking about this anymore. We're not talking about it anymore. Let's move on. Talk, oh, I'd rather okay. talk so, about the Timberwolves. That's how much I hate this like, we topic. I remember where we were. Uh, so Gary Anderson misses the field goal. Right? <laughs> and we still think so, we're we still think so like Clarence's oh, dad oh, says he's going out for smokes, and seven years later he gets a birthday card in the mail. <laughs> the first Come correspondence he had. <laughs> All right. Don't come try to find me. Um, so that's why I don't want Saunders as a coach um, at all. And that's the only th- way out of this is <clears> finding a good coach. And they're not going to because they really value head coaching experience, which means you're going to get a retread, again, because any of those guys that have other options are going to choose the Wolves last. Yeah. Um, you've got is Rubio. Don Nelson still around? <laughs> Probably. I don't know. Maybe. Might be dead. George Carl <laughs> wants it. I mean... Would you rather have Flip as the GM or the coach? Oh, Jesus, dude. Ugh. I mean, would you rather have rice for lunch or dinner? Oh, shit. Wow. That is an excellent comparison. Dinner, I suppose, because then I'll be <laughs> sleeping soon and I won't have to think about it anymore. I don't know. But if you have it for lunch, then you know you've got another good meal coming up. That's like, true. Okay, there's, there's burgers at home. closer to my next meal. Yeah. Yeah, you have a late lunch. I don't know. That's a good question. I, I don't have an answer. Is that what you're saying? Is there is no good answer? Yeah, basically. Yep. That's exactly huh. what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I don't want him as either, and there, it's just I guess it's sort of a pick your poison sort of deal. Um, but um, no, I, I I don't have any faith in him at all, and uh, I don't think that I've uh, been wrong so far. So <laughs> I don't know. All right, how about I don't know? Guys. How about Kevin Love? Trade him or not trade him, Brandon? Well, 
Man, um, I think if you can get a really good package for him, you trade him, but you don't necessarily have to um, trade him for anything. So I think that the main argument is obviously like, well, you need to get something for him. You got to get something. You can't lose him for nothing. Um, which, okay, I get it makes sense. Um, but when you trade him, like Chris Paul uh, uh, was traded to the Clippers, sometimes when you think you're getting is actually a negative value to you. Like, oh, we got a bunch of players. Uh, they are taking up salary cap. They're taking up a roster spot, and they're not helping you draft other guys that could end up being something else. So, like, giving a guy away for nothing doesn't necessarily have to be nothing. There's still opportunities within that. That is Opportunity exact, cost. That's exactly the point I wanted to make, because here's the thing. Minnesota will never sign big-name good free agents in the NBA. It's just not going to happen. So, same with only, very, very, very many clubs are in the same place. You know, I mean, obviously, only, like... The only chance they have at building is high draft picks, which, to be fair, they've screwed up one million in a row now. But mm-hmm. the fastest way to get high draft picks is to be very, very, very bad, and the fastest way to do that is to lose Kevin Love for nothing. Mm-hmm. So why would that not be a good thing to keep him? Well, I mean, and you look at the the KG trade for you know, for example, you got Jefferson out of him. Okay, that's fine. You. He was helpful, but yeah. you also got who, Gerald Green, who <laughs> took up a millions of dollars for us, who was terrible. Marcus Banks, what an absolute joke. John, you're a better basketball player than Marcus Banks is. That's not true, uh, but it's it's well, very it's a close run thing. I mean, okay, you guys is Marcus Banks dead? I mean, I, what are you trying to say? Is <laughs> John's got dead. a pretty are good you, step back through? Are you players. saying the only person I'm better at than basketball is a dead person? <laughs> you let no, by, you literally person every might, living person is like, better at basketball than I am. Well, let's make some ground rules. Yo, could I like take a, a super tall dead person and like put their arms straight up in the air <laughs> so maybe they could block a shot? Because they still might be better. Than, like, can if they got rigor mortis and their arms are stuck straight up in the air? Like, hey, maybe you're they describing Stojko Vrankovic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He did look kind of dead too. He was for yeah. two straight years. Well, when you visit, when you've witnessed that much war and genocide in your lifetime, you you maybe look dead inside. Lived so many lives, it's sad. Okay, so I will say um, yes. I think for the most part, it's um, it's very unlikely that the wolves um, get better and and make this an opportunity that Kevin Loves wants to wants to stick around for. Right, as we said, it's a five percent chance. Um, yeah. But let's say. Let's just be. Let's just play that five percent out for a second, um, just because we're crazy. And I just opened a. I just opened a Deviant Dale's double IPA, so I feel like dreaming a little bit. Is that all right? <laughs> That's okay. Living the dream. So last year they won forty games, right? Um, That's underwhelmed. Right. Bad luck. So let's say they, if they played this season over again, they probably would. On a, if they played that season ten times, they're probably going to win on average forty-five games. Um, so they're a 45 win team. Um, better coach this year coming back, um, and a decent draft pick, um, and keeping Peck healthy. I don't think you have to squint that hard to see a 50 win team here. Um, again, it, we're, we're hoping that this is a coach who actually like has practices on off days and you know gives his players tips on how to get better and. 
uh, doesn't just throw Berea out there in the fourth quarter because Rubio frustrates him for some weird reason. Um, you get a good engaged coach who can stress some defense and be flexible with uh, kind of a weird roster. Again, I, I don't think 50 wins is that out of the realm. Now add to that, um, Kevin Love stands to make $30 million more million if he stays here I don't know, man. Fifty wins, thirty million extra dollars. You know, a couple teams drop off next year. This could it could be looking like a pretty decent situation um, for Love when compared to everything else that he has out there. He wants to win, right? Um, so there's there's going to be what ten teams, twelve teams better than, well, probably more. But let's just say twelve teams better than the Wolves next year with a better future and all that. Nine of they which might not be have in the Western Conference. Nine of which would be in the Western Conference, but. It's just it's difficult. Um, I, that to me sounds like a potentially better solution because you're not going to. Well, it's, we'll see. I don't think you're going to get great value for him. Um, if you get it, if you have a for sure guy who's going to sign and stick around for a while that could be your next franchise guy, go for it. Of course, right? If you can trade him for Bradley Beal and something else, that's fine. Um, but he's not going to go to those teams that have all these assets. Um, like the Celtics or the Lakers or whoever, because they suck. He doesn't want to play for shitty teams. Why would you, right? Um, so I don't know. It just it just seems like if unless you get a Godfather offer, just keep him. We get to have another season of watching Love and seeing what happens. Um, maybe Rubio blossoms. It happens, you know. <laughs> um, he was pretty good last year, and he yeah. could be better. He's young. He's twenty three years old. Um, so. That's my point of view. I agree with you, Brandon. Yeah? You don't mind keeping him? No, I want to keep him. And if they're terrible again next year, then great. They'll be really bad even sooner, which is the important thing. Now, you might say to me, well, we have no confidence that they can make a decent draft pick, and that's fair because they haven't for so many years, but that's really the only chance they have. They're not going to build a a playoff contending roster through astute trades and excellent signings. They're just going to have to get lucky. Yeah. I mean, I don't really see any other, any other way out for the organization. You know, free agency doesn't, it doesn't mean as much anymore because you've got the rookie deal and the extension. So if you, if you get a decent draft pick, you have them for typically seven years, which is, you know, you just build around that. But, um, yeah, no, I'm, uh, I mean, he'll probably be traded. You know, that seems to make the most sense and, um, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire and all that. But um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, that's my case. Plus, if he doesn't get traded and the season starts wearing on and they're not doing real well and he clearly wants to be traded, there's always a chance he'll just snap and start shooting the ball in the wrong basket and drop King in into the upper deck and just completely yeah. being a total baby about the whole thing, which will be awesome. Totally. It'd be amazing. I yeah. love it. Like Andrew Bynum, did you hear that he was in practices and every they were scrimmaging and every time he got the ball, he would just shoot it before <laughs> he got cut from wherever it was, uh, the Cavs or the... every Just half court, just fire it up. I don't give a shit. Cut me, please. <laughs> God, I don't. I don't want to run around right now. You can take me out of this practice pretty easily. Yeah. <laughs> I'd yeah. rather just sit around and wait for you to cut me. Yeah, totally. 
So we can do um, this the easy way or the hard way. The easy way is I sit on the sidelines and you cut me tomorrow. The hard way is I ruin it for everyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No one else is getting reps right now. Yep. No, no one is doing anyway. I'm it. just gonna I'm gonna be that guy. Like uh Michael Scott in that episode of The Office when they had the basketball scrimmage downstairs. Uh good stuff. Good stuff. All right, so the next topic I wanted to mention, mostly for your benefit, since you were here last week, is if you wanted to mention anything else from the draft. This is the NFL draft. From the lottery? The, not the draft oh, lottery. Oh, from the draft. The NFL draft. No. Um, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things. It's one of those nights you're going to have to keep in mind when we talk about how uh, nothing ever works out for us and how miserable we always are. Um, and how awful just everything in Minnesota sports is in general, uh, because that worked out perfectly. That was amazing. Not only like the results, but the way that it actually went down. You know, with the way we were all we talked about it, but we were all talking on the phone. And once like the thirty-first pick came up or whatever, we're like, oh well, that's that's going to be it. That's we didn't get what we wanted. What a what an awful evening. And I was, you know, finger on the power button to turn it off, and then you saw the. Seahawks have traded it to the Wolves. You knew exactly, or the Vikings. You knew exactly what's going to happen. So that was um, that was a pretty cool feeling. So whether it works out or not, either way, that's awesome. That that um, that, that night happened. That was cool. It was a legitimately so, uh, entertaining night. Yeah, yeah, it really was. It was cool. Um, no, I think he's. Uh, I think he's the answer. I don't give a shit what his pro day was like, and gloves on and gloves off, and how he handled some old man in softball shorts running at him with a fucking broom. I don't care. <laughs> I think he's great. Who do you think, think was the first ever. person who was like, how will we simulate the rush on this pro day? <laughs> I, I don't know. I know. Grab that broom over there. Grab the broom and wave it at him. That's you know there was some was. old old scout was just rooting around in his back in the back of his van. Hey Glenn, what do you got there? I found a broom. <laughs> <laughs> Run on out there, Glenn. Let's see the it. Guy. Guy on the other end, one guy with a broom, one guy with like a thirty-five gallon garbage can, just lifting that up in the air, throwing it up. In I know, the air. I know. Just and it's like for the most part, we you know we give shit to a lot of the executives, GMs, coaches, whatever. For it seems so obvious what the answers are, and and, and you can't. You, I don't know. In the back of my head, I'm always like, I I can't be right about this. This dude in this position of power has to be so much smarter than me. And, you know, he's, it's his job. It's his full-time job. But these guys keep making these idiotic moves year after year <clears> after year. And you're like, you guys really may just be a bunch of meatheads that <laughs> look good in a suit and uh, got a job. I mean, Jason Bartlett, I, I, we'll move on to the Twins later, but I want to point that out as Jason Bartlett is the perfect example of this, where he makes perfect. the roster out of spring training as an outfielder. And every rube on every chat room, every and twit, everybody's looking at each other like, I think people almost didn't go too overboard because they were saying exactly what you're saying. Yeah. You can't be... He has to know something we don't know. <laughs> Gardy, Rob Anthony, they have to know because this is fucking insane. The guy's never played outfield. He hasn't played baseball in a year. He hasn't played outfield in his life. Yeah. And it's their full-time job to do this. They're thinking about this roster all day, every day. As much as I'm thinking about marketing 
as <laughs> much as you, Clarence, are thinking about ducks in a field and taking pictures of them. Duck, or ducks you... in a field. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Ducks, field duck photographer. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine if you went home after a full day of taking photos of ducks in fields, mm-hmm. you log online and you have a bunch of people who have different jobs than you saying, oh, there's a better way to take photos. You could get more efficient you know, photos mm-hmm. of panoramics or get more close-ups or whatever, you'd be like, fuck you guys. I do this all day long. I know how to take <laughs> photos of ducks. This is exactly what I do. Yeah. And you're a fucking yeah. accountant who's just logging on at your lunch break. Get out of here, you moron. You are for sure wrong, and I am right because this is my full-time job. And you would, in almost 99% of the industries, that person would be right. You'd be like, yeah, seriously, get the fuck away from me. This is my job. Um, and in this case... They're very. They are not right very often. Not only were they not right on this case, he retired from baseball. They didn't send him down <laughs> to fucking Triple A. He gave up the whole goddamn sport. He fucking. He fucking. They didn't cut him, and he's like, okay, I'm gonna give up baseball. They didn't even cut him. He's like, yeah, I don't even know what the fuck they're doing. I'm retiring from baseball. I don't even know why they gave me this job. This is goddamn insane what they did. He is the guy even who's like... he admitted it. He's like cheating on his girlfriend, and she keeps taking him back, and he does it so often. After a while, he just goes, you know what? I have to break up with you. I'm I, sorry. I can't this do this. This just isn't where I can't. terrible for you. <laughs> um, I mean, I can't believe you keep taking me back. This is insane. What are you doing? <sighs> I feel bad for you. Yeah. I feel so bad for you. I feel you. Like I'm a bad little self-respect, you know? <laughs> yeah. God I'm awful. It. Why are I you feel bad for the horse? I, I just, Jesus effing Christ. We, I think people gave the twins a break because that decision was so goddamn insane. It was too mind-boggling. That was that. That is Minnesota sports in a nutshell. We feel bad for the horse at all times. That's how it is. Holy shit. So, I mean, this is another example. And, again, who knows how it's going to work out, but every single person who really, really seems to know um, um, football and scouting, and, and not, I'm not talking about the scouts, I'm talking about like, the guys on the Internet who are always right, said, like, Bortles is going to be chosen way too high because he looks like a prototypical quarterback, and they love that. Mm-hmm. There's 6'5", 240 white guys. And Bridgewater is going to fall back because of this weird-ass pro day, even though there was no comparison of the two of them who was better. Um, and it happened, and it's amazing. And I don't know. Again, who the hell knows how the future is going to play out, but this shit just is, is, is mind-blowing. So the thing about Bridgewater is there are legitimate concerns. I mean, the competition he played against, Sharkman brought that up on this podcast. That's a legitimate concern. But that's He's not our what enemy, they're using. Clarence. He's our enemy. That's fine. I don't agree with him, but my point is he brought up the competition aspect of Teddy Bridgewater. That's mm-hmm. a legitimate concern. But you don't hear people talking about that when they ask, why did you pass on Bridgewater? It was the pro day. Yeah. What? what? Well, it's a, it's a controlled environment. He should have done better. On one goddamn day? He yeah. had four years of starting that he... <laughs> Overperformed. Yeah, and you're gonna just take one goddamn afternoon and go. Well, yep, he didn't throw well to some guys in shorts. And even Norv Turner's like, I was there, and I think he did fine. He didn't even do that bad, according to some people. Saw it. Fuck, I don't know. It's some just odd goddamn deal. There, there's just this weird thing where 
one person says, well, that was terrible, and everybody else, for some reason, stampedes to get on the train of that was terrible. The NFL is known for that more than any others. I don't pay much attention to the off-season stuff, but but apparently it's like the least risk-averse, you know, um, culture where yeah, if one if one team seems to think it or stays away from a guy, everyone else is like, yeah, I'm not fucking, I don't, I don't think so, I don't want to be any different because they're a bunch of fucking meatheads. Yeah, we're all buddies, old boys yep. club. They all know each other. They all run in the same circles. Yeah. So one thing though that I'm gonna miss is um, one thing that we're really good at, and I and I really love um, about this podcast is we're really good at pre-raging. So like we rage out about something before it even happened, and I'm mad. <laughs> yeah. Remember how for months we were so mad that they passed on Bridgewater. We're so mad about it, and it hadn't even happened yet. Um, so we lost that, which I'm kind of sad about. But I'm thinking, can, do you think it's it's valid to pre-rage from now until the first game that? Um, until Bridgewater's named the starter? Can we just be super pissed about that? Even uh, can't muster I, that up. Here is where I am at with that. One, I want to talk about how I had that. We haven't talked about this on the podcast. Remember I had that fever dream that the Vikings would select one, number one overall, and you guys yeah. all thought I was crazy because it was That's looking like it wasn't going to happen. And really yeah. what I came, come to find out was that my fever dream was about the Vikings selecting Bridgewater. It wasn't about number. What I saw in my fever dream was Bridgewater and purple, and I just assumed that meant the Vikings were selecting number one and they would have the worst record. That so it came true. We haven't talked about this. Huh. Actually, my fever dream was actually accurate. I just misinterpreted it. Sure, it, that's probably true with every dream you could ever have, though, right? <laughs> well, let's no. not talk about that aspect. <laughs> let's just. I want to be right about this goddamn fever dream, Broxy. Damn it. <laughs> Ruin this for me. I sorry, need this. sorry. I... So the Bridgewater thing. I want to pre-rage. I love pre-raging. We're good at it. I, I enjoy it's it. It's our wheelhouse, it's, baby. It's what we're it's right best at. Yep. In heat map zone, in our we hit like four seventy on pre-raging, <laughs> right in that box. Yeah. Um, but what I really want is Spielman to get fired. So I kind of want like this season to tank. <clears throat> Man. Like he gets fired, but then they. But I like Zimmer. I'm just trying to think of a scenario in my head where Spielman gets fired, but Zimmer is retained. And I don't know how to get there, but I'm wondering if maybe it's like they are shitty again, okay. and then they hire. I, I if don't they're know shitty again, Zimmer is pretty shitty. Do you think that it would be okay? I don't know. I, I know. I, I don't know how this will work. Huh. All right. Drunken driving conviction. Uh, I was gonna say, how about he kills somebody? Even that now, the drunken driving. I don't. I think he could survive that because he's survived the last three seasons or whatever. But uh, yeah, the killing somebody that might do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, uh, boy, that's tough. That's tough. Like he, uh, I don't know, gives Ziggy a you know purple nurple on national television or something like that. Uh-huh, um, uh huh. Or a, you know a swirly. Um, All Star Game is in uh in Minnesota this year, and he shows up and like uh publicly pisses on the field during the game. That might do it. It would get him fired, and it would also be really fun to see. It'd be funny. Shows I think up. it would. It's less less egregious than the Ponder selection, but so uh, drunk, he can barely speak. Yeah. 
And it, and it also involved somebody not dying, which was Carl our first. Carl Poled's 15-year-old great-granddaughter. Something like he that. Dry humps. It's like he dry humps Carl Poled's, because that would be miserable. Um, Maybe you could dry hump one of those Charles Schultz, uh, Charlie Brown. characters. That's guys. Uh, so I want to pre-rate. I, I, I'm not. If Teddy Bridgewater doesn't start game one, are we going to be that upset? I don't. I know. I'm expecting it like I called for it. I'm saying it'll happen, but if it doesn't happen, I'm not going to. Why? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You guys are not going to be upset if he doesn't start game one? I will be... What if Ca- what if he you? starts game four because Castle shit the bed the first Fuck three games? Are no, you going to lose dude. that much sleep? You seriously are going to be that excited to watch Matt Castle first game? No, I'm just not... I'm That's not going to get too... You guys are both traitors. My ears are open. No, you got to talk me. You haven't sold me yet, Proxy. Look, I'm not one of these cheap New York City hookers that you picked up last weekend. You got to woo me. You got to. Uh, did you? Did do you know my coworkers? How, how did you hear about? Did, did you hear don't about worry about that. Story. You don't worry about that. Do you but, actually uh, have a story about a coworker easy. picking up a cheap New York City hooker? Because that would be a great story for this podcast. They demand you tell it right now. Clarence must have had the scanner gone in New York City. Oh God! Just big old calves, daughter. What the hell? (laughs) (laughs) And then we found out. (laughs) Huge Adam's apple. (laughs) Uh, Uh, No, I'm willing to listen to it. I want to pre-rage. I'm not there yet, though, Brandon. So you're going to need to work on me. All right. I'm. I'm just saying we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We have to live for today. We have to live day to day. So if you honestly are going to be that comfortable sitting down on that first Sunday, the Wait first Sunday August. we've had football. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In fucking eight months, and you're going to want to see Katy Perry lyrics. With uh, doing a couple slants to Kyle Rudolph for six yards and getting sacked 11 times. And you're going to go, I'll play for the future. I'll play for the future. Clarence, you're 67 years old, man. This, you're right. Your life is not going to get... It's passing you by really quickly. You don't have That's time true. to waste, brother. I don't. you got to get in while the getting is good. And Teddy Bridgewater is younger. He's hungrier. He he's is. ready to get out there day one and fight. And furthermore, the best thing that... Your, your best quality, besides taking photos of ducks in a field and putting them on Twitter... Is getting super angry about shit that hasn't happened yet, man. That's true. There's nothing else to be angry about right now. You're good at that. 
Nothing that you care about. Like, the wolves suck, but we know that, and you don't give a shit about it anyway. Not at all. While they're what they are, there's nothing to get super pissed about right now. You Not need, me, no. You need something in your life to be super angry about, even though it hasn't happened. Politics? Dude, you don't even. You can't even be that mad about, like, Hillary Clinton yet, because it's so far away. You, you don't know how angry really I get funny. about politics. I keep it off the, off the radar, because that would be... Holy shit, would that be a shit show if I got into but that on Twitter? In 2016, uh, this, po- this podcast is going all politics all the time. <laughs> of course, yeah. We're gonna check in on the polls, uh, see which way the wind's blowing. You so need something in your life to pre-rage about. Otherwise, you know what you're gonna do? You're gonna start actual raging about actual life, and nobody fucking wants that, dude. This is your outlet. You need to find is- something idiotic, irrelevant, and utterly True. stupid to be mad about. And if you don't have anything, I'll find something for you. Sports are my outlet. This is one of the most depressing pep talks I've ever heard. Clarence, could you imagine being like this in real life? No, I'm I'm pretty calm in real life. Sports are my outlet. I know you. You're a regular person. Huh. Uh, Can I reserve the right? Like, let's say the Wild re-sign Heatley. Like, like everybody assumes he's going to be gone. Let's say they were. Can I shift my anger over to that and and set the Bridgewater stuff aside? If something I like want that a subcategory of rage though, that's that's angry about something that hasn't happened. So, if you want to pre-rage about Heatley right now, that's totally fine. I love that. I don't think they're going to. I'm just saying, what if they do? Then that's going to take. That's going to occupy all my rage. Like I can't. You don't do have any capacity for real rage. And a pre-rage if that happens. That's how bad it is. Is that what you're saying? Oh, it'll be, yeah. It, that would actually spill going. over into my real life a long ways. Like, a little uh, bit. That's like big boy. That's like dropping big boy on Nagasaki. Yep. Fuck, that'll be <laughs> fucking, that will be, holy shit. We will do an emergency podcast that day, and it will just be me and Clarence yelling the whole time. <laughs> Just nothing but screaming. Oh, my God. No words. We might even do it from the gopher bar, just <laughs> setting up Molotov cocktails on their little rickety tables, just one <laughs> after the another. Just yeah. sirens Putting in them the in wheelbarrows, getting hear. them ready to go to Excel. Oh, man. Okay, well, I did my best. That's that's what I wanted to keep working. It's a, na- it's a big old tree that you got to just keep chopping at. I'm open. Right. You get okay. You cut me. All right, good to, know. good to know. I'm not down yet, though. Making progress. Anyway, uh, Vikings, A+. Plus. Really happy. Good job, guys. Yep. Twins? Yeah. Get anything to say about the Twins? Well, I just... It seems like it's been... I haven't really been paying attention at all, so you guys are going to have to fill me in a little bit, but it feels like it's been um, a very... Uh, it's been an encouraging year so far, right? They're like... Have been near 500 most of the season. Um, well... Until this last week when they lost 14 games in a row. Yeah, that's right. All doubleheaders, seven days in a row. (laughs) Everyone was like, you know what? (laughs) They've been pretty bad for a long time. I've been looking at the numbers, and it turns out they've only been playing six players. And that sort of (laughs) thing. Yeah. Um, So I think you can look at this and say, uh, well, this has been just a good season in general because whether it works out or not, they're – you know, right now it's it's it, people have been more interested and been going to games a little bit more often, all that sort of stuff. People have been having fun, whatever. That's good news. And I feel like Dozier seems to be a long term piece. I think he's like emerged at this point. 
Pinto, I feel I feel pretty confident about him too. Like he's been legitimate ever since he's been up. A um, couple guys have just been doesn't seem like it's going to last. Like uh, Suzuki, whatever, right? But you can look at this and say there's been some pieces. Um, it's been better, but is it also bad because now Gardy and Terry Ryan are going to be around a little bit longer? I mean, I feel like you just talked about. Clarence wanting um, Spielman out of the picture, that's going to be better for the long-term health. We feel the same exact way about Flip. Like, the sooner he can leave, the better. But nobody is more obviously needing to go than those two, right? How will that ever happen, though? Well, I know. We talk about it all the time. It's not ever going to happen. Well, okay, no. the only way it could happen is if uh, the Polad's movies all flop, the next, like, <laughs> seven of them, and they run out of money and they have to come back. So I think that we, as sportive listeners, need to vote with uh, with our wallets and just refuse to go to any movie that the Polads were involved in. I can't refuse to go to their movies any more than I already not go to their movies. I can't not go to their <laughs> movies any more than I'm not going. It's yeah, impossible. Unless, unless we're going to the I'm theater passionately not and go. locking the doors like, so no one can get in. Go. Yeah, I could, like... Guys walking in and I just tackle them. Yeah, unless we <laughs> do that. linebacker. We can't go lower than zero. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I can't I buy know, negative one tickets. I don't know how to do anymore, and I'm already not doing. <laughs> you can, yes, you can. You can run over. You go in the parking lot when people are walking up. Go, hey, what movie are you going to? Oh, we're going to see the fucking movie. Just run them over. <laughs> Plow them over. Sorry, you're not. I love the twins. <laughs> what a great Bonk news. In the head. Some dude is running people over screaming, I love the twins, in a minivan. James is always painful! It's just Terry Ryan's job forever. We all know that. They're never, ever, 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 ever going to fire him. And so Terry when Terry Ryan, Ryan leaves again, it. it'll be another Terry Ryan disciple. And when be Rob Dave St. Peter be leaves, Rob it'll Anthony. be another Dave St. Peter. Who won't this whole Oswaldo or Sia deal just exposed Rob Anthony as being just as goofballish as the rest of them? He doesn't, he's just tone deaf. He doesn't get it. Ah, you know what? Fuck it. We're just, we're just going to throw a whole series away. And Ozzy will show up to Target Center all, or Target Field all refreshed because he won't make a cross country flight. It's what? What, the fuck is the man? what? You don't want Ozzy to fly from New York to San Francisco? He's not oh. running. He's not Forrest Gump. He's not gonna <laughs> fucking run. It's a goddamn chartered flight. I'm exhausted. Even if it's not chartered, it's a fucking first class flight. He'll be yep. fine. It's what? Five hours? Four hours? It's not that big of a goddamn deal. Nah. People do it all nah. the time for way less reasons than to go play a baseball game. People oh, do it for real jobs, not even fun. People go things. do it to sell vacuums, for Christ's sake. Yeah, not to go play baseball. Fuck you. And they're Fuck, adults. Just, I know it's the smallest little piddly deal, but it just drives me crazy, stuff like that. Guys making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. He can hop on a plane to go play baseball in San Francisco. From Wouldn't you have been much happier if he had said he forgot? Wouldn't you have just been a <laughs> thousand times happy? happier? That would be understandable. Honestly, at work, like a guy fucks up, a guy that works, you're like, I would rather hear that, yeah, I just forgot. I just yep. forgot. I'm sorry you know I didn't get it done, because rather than I didn't think it needed to be done, or I wanted to do it my own way. That's the kind No, I just forgot. Much better excuse. Yeah. That happens. Not, oh, we didn't want him to take the plane. 
We wanted them to be refreshed. Fuck you. There's so often when I wish there was no reason rather than a reason. It's like the Jason Bartlett thing. I'd much Mm. rather they have been like, you know what? We filled out the roster. We had it all done. And then it turned out we only had 24 guys on there because we accidentally listed a pitcher twice. So Bartlett was the only guy left in the clubhouse. So we took him north. Just oversight is better yeah. than thinking being about honest, something and then being honest with you guys here. That's how Jason Berlin ended up on the roster. That yeah. would be 10,000 times better than we want him for the veteran leadership and we think he can play center field. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I think you might be it may be a deal like at the end of the fantasy football draft where you're do, you have 5 seconds left and you just ah, fuck it and you pick a kicker that was cut in, in yep. training camp because you're just out of time. So they yeah. pick Jason Bartlett, even though he's never played outfield before and has been out of baseball for a year. You might be right that that's just what happened. Oversight. You know, and that, all right, mistakes happen. I can understand that. I'll make fun of them. But things happen. We're all things busy. Happen. But sure. here's my overall point on the Twins. This Oswaldo Garcia deal... Uh, not batting Hosemail Pinto right now, not playing him every goddamn game. You know, the Pelfrey signing, the Correa signing, how will these things affect 2016? That's been the official sportive stance. In the grand scheme, not a lot, if at all. That's the only saving grace I have is going into this season, only caring about how things will affect 2016. So how are guys doing that will be here in 2016? 2016 will suck if Ryan and Anthony and Gardy are still around. I can't I worry about it. They can fill out a full roster with their uh, old school bullshit ways. We need to get them out of there. I can't worry about it. I, I can't. It's I can't occupy my I, baseball. So many games, so many players, minor leagues. I can't focus on. Are those guys going to stick around or not? I just focus on box scores of the guys in the minors. Guys in the majors that will have the potential to contribute in 2016. That's my focus. Are we reserving the right as a collective to um, change our year to 2017 next year? Oh, we already changed next it from year? 2014 to 2016 this year. So yeah, yeah. we are. Yep. As long okay. as people like Buxton and Snell keep you know getting hit by the light rail train or whatever the fuck is happening to these all these guys, just random shit. Yes, we can reserve the right to defer the year to 2017. Okay, but, okay, good. But that's my overall point is, when t- taken collectively, when you look at the Twins' major league roster and some of the minor leaguers that may contribute in 2016, the major league team, their year has been mediocre to date, probably exceeding expectations, but still just average. Uh-huh. But overall... Yeah. In the 2016 context, it's been a positive year. My point being, you look at the position players that may be here in 2016, Mm -hmm. we can just run through them. Um, The guys that I would say are having positive years, Dozier, again, these are guys that could be here in 2016. It means they're either under contract through 16 or will be in arbitration, so the team will have some control. Dozier, Arcia is looking up. Eddie Escobar, utility player. Um, Josmil Pinto. Josmil Pinto. Vargas is destroying minor league pitching. Vargas? Danny, 
Kenneth Vargas. Who? Kenneth? Big, yep, Kenny's. Like Denny. Like Denny. Uh, oh, who's that like picture? Denny Reyes. Fat picture that. No, Dennis. Uh, Reyes. It's not Denny. Denny Reyes. Oh, I thought you said Mace. Yeah, Denny Reyes, but it's Kenny's Vargas. Right. Uh, Danny Kenny's Santana Reyes. is looking like he's got some potential. He's He doesn't look overwhelmed at the major league level. That's a good sign. Uh, Polanco, Jorge Polanco's hitting pretty well in Fort Myers. Um, those are just the position players that right. could contribute in 2016 that are having good years. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not offset by enough guys that aren't having that we thought might be the future. Like Hicks is probably the only one that's been super disappointing so far, right? Because Hicks and maybe you know Plouffe, I would say, is like a oh, maybe. At least he's showing. Better progress than he was last year. Maybe yeah, not. Yeah, he's, he's, he's at least a placeholder. Too. He's keeping the position warm for now. Exactly right. He's not, not embarrassing he, himself. He's not embarrassing himself. He's gotten better both in the field and at the plate. And maybe in 2016, give me another year and a half, he can actually contribute and be a, a plus player. So not writing him off. I'm not saying he's negative or a positive. He's right in the middle. Parmalee, too. You know, they sent him down to AAA. He's kind of had a little bit of resurgence here. Uh, maybe he will turn into a major league ball player. He's he'll still be under control in 2016, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, the other negatives I would say that could contribute in 2016: Sano, obviously the injury doesn't help. Buxton's injury doesn't help, and the Rosar- Rosario's uh, drug issues don't help either. They're more Did question he... marks, I think, than negatives. It's just we don't know. Did Rosario ever well, make it to America to play baseball this year? He's going to start like this week, I think. Yeah. Yeah, they just issued some. I just saw some sort of quote that said he's starting in what Fort Myers or or is it instructional league? One of the two. And we're yeah, sure I think you're right. here, right? I don't think he's landed on our soil yet, but we expect him to be around. He hasn't gone out. Yeah, he hasn't washed up yet, but he's coming. Um, the other two guys that we're not even talking about that I think are negatives that will be here in 2016 or could. Well, Mauer is one. That's a whole. Whole, you could spend a whole podcast on just Joe Maurer and his negatives right now. Um, but the one that really fell off the radar, I think they were really hoping would take a big step forward, is Florimone. They were hoping he'd grab that shortstop spot and you know nail it down for the next couple of years, and he hasn't. He's not even playing. Was well, anybody thinking that he was going to besides the those guys? Probably not. Office? But that's okay. another good point to the front office. It's... They thought he could do it. And well, everybody knew he we could talked field, about it. but they had hopes that somehow he could hit more than 060, and he just can't. He's just we bad at hitting the, the baseball. Before the season, he can't hit. Yeah, he, can't, he's, he just can't. It's, he, he's, you can't blame the guy. He just If you have seen, you'll know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, listeners, go out and search for him because they're delightful. If you've seen any of the clips of Bartolo Colon hitting this year, yeah. <laughs> Basically, just completely embarrassing himself at the plate every time up there. That's basically what Pedro Florimone was doing. He's basically position player by Carlo Colon at the plate. Yeah, it looks like uh, Colon's wearing like a beanie for a helmet because it falls yeah. up every they time. Don't have, they don't have a helmet that will fit his enormous steroid-induced head. He steps out of the box, helmet falls off. Yep. Walks to the dugout, helmet off. I mean, yeah, they just gorgeous. need to get one of those things that, like, tapes it to his collar, like a cowboy collar for football. <laughs> he needs to wear a cowboy collar at the plate, and 
just basically stepping straight backwards and lunging at the ball somehow all at the same time. <laughs> it's just delightful to watch. It yeah. Is, it yeah. is what would happen if you took any American and gave them eight beers and were like, all right, now try to hit Major League Pitching. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Give a slot on the butt. Go get him, Tiger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it goes to show you, though, how fucking hard it is to hit a Major League uh, in, in the Major Leagues because these pitchers, every one of them was like the best athlete that their city has ever Not seen. Not Bartolo well, okay, not Bartolo Colon. This discussion well, coming hard on the heels a, of our discussion of Bartolo Colon is not really valid. A little bit of a transit. Yeah, you're right. It probably wasn't the best timing. Um, but they're unbelievable athletes, right? Their whole city, their whole state, never seen anything like them, and amazing hitters, all of them. Um, and when you're a pitcher in the major leagues, there's so much downtime. Um, we knew a guy, I actually have a bunch of friends that have played in the minors that they, they just sit around and take BP all day, like just sit in the cage and fuck around hitting. And they still can't get good at it. They have so much time to learn it, and they're fucking terrible at it. It's amazing to me. It's not easy. Nope. Well, so we covered, uh, nice. we covered the position players, and I think the pitching pluses are even better. You know, we talked about a lot of the pluses on the hitting side. I think the pitching side, maybe, it's not looking great, but there's fewer minuses, I'd say, that will still be here in 2016. The major minuses this year in pitching have been Correa. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll be gone. He's not on the contract in 16. He's gone. Pelfrey. Well, I take it back because be. we said Mike Pelfrey would be gone for sure too, and look what happened there. <laughs> well, that's true. But the, you can't – look, let's – you can't Another put anything by him. But, uh, Another Bartlett example of you've got to be fucking kidding me. Please – yeah, and Burton has been – come back a little bit. But still, not had the greatest year. He's unlikely to be here in 2016. Relievers, man, they would have the shelf life year and a half. I mean, yeah, it's hard. Relievers, it's hard to say. But the, the starting pitching that is under contract or it'll be or will be under arbitration in 2016 has looked all right. Hughes obviously has looked incredible. It's been, looked like one of the best free agent signings of any team in the whole league. Which it's hard it's to even say right the now. Twins did this. You're like, wait. The, the Twins now signed a strikeout pitcher that's actually being effective as a free agent. Holy shit. Eight to one strikeout to walk ratio. Fucking amazing. 50 strikeouts, six walks. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, absolutely incredible. Yep. I think Nolasco's actually been better than some of his stats show. I, I know that's hard. Stats are supposed to say exactly what they say, but when you actually sit down and watch him pitch, maybe it's just me. I don't know enough about peripheral stats to know what they show, but uh, he seems to be pitching better than I think, like I say, his stats show. Uh, Gibson is coming back fairly well. He pitched well tonight. Um, Alex Meyer is tearing up the, ma- the minors, looking pretty well. Even mm-hmm. Trevor May is doing all right. Um, Berrios, who may be up by 16, that's a kind of a long shot, but maybe. Um, yeah, young guy. He's he, you know he'll be potentially have a shot at it. Do we know how Goal Stewart has been? He's pitching? doing all right. He's been doing all right. Um, is Stewart he low is in this Cedar. Year or is he in rookie ball? He's in Cedar Rapids. No, he's in Cedar Rapids. He's got like uh, all those guys in Cedar Rapids and Fort Myers all have like forty to fifty innings pitched right now. So it's yeah. still pretty early. It's not like they pitched a ton, but I think Cole Stewart's got. I couldn't tell you his record. He's like. 
three and one four and one with like a one point one whip. Oh, I look at the bad. whip a lot. No, I think, and don't quote me on this, but pretty sure he's like right around one point one. That's <laughs> really what I'm looking Just at. Give or take. Give Consider- or take. Well, I try to keep an eye on these guys because this is what I get excited about. I try Considering to he's 12 years old, um, that's pretty good. Fucking Cedar Rapids, that's yeah. pretty good. No yeah, um, he's like the guy in Cedar Rapids to watch right now. Last year, Cedar had a, they had a lot of guys. The Colonels had a lot of guys to watch. This year, not quite as many. He's like the guy. So he's, that's the reason why I, I kind of know a little bit more about him because he's the guy to watch at that spot. Um, so a lot of the minuses in the system are just not, even going to be here in 16, not even anything to worry about. But a lot of the guys you're hoping to take a step forward for, the guys with the longer-term contracts or the guys that you're hoping to start in 16 are doing pretty well. Glenn Perkins is under contract through 16. He's looking all right. Casey Fien, Caleb Thielbar, Michael Tonkin, some of the guys they may be counting on to be still in the bullpens in a couple years are pitching pretty well this year. So a lot more pluses when you put it in the context of 2016 than minuses. That's why I'm happy. Good. That's good to hear. It's exciting. I can't wait for that to happen. <laughs> well, so this like year it's... plus two more years. I can't wait till this year plus two more years comes. 22 months. <sighs> Fuck, your kid will be uh, starting to talk by then. The kid that doesn't even exist. Yep. Right I'll now. have three kids oh, by yeah. then. Yeah. Size of a lemon this week, just so you know. You get a weekly... They'll be already running around by then. Yeah, by the time the twins are really in contention, you're the kid that isn't even born yet will be running around the house. Ugh, amazing. I'll be miserable. Clarence Broxy? Have you have you thought that one through? I mean, oh, of course don't... we have. Good. Okay. Clarence John Broxy. That Clarence is a pretty good Jonathan name right Broxy. there. Clarence Jonathan CJB. Podcast CJB. Broxy. The old CJB band. That's yeah. a good old name. Clarence right Jonathan at Sportive Podcast Proxy. Yeah, I love it. Yep. No, for a girl, my favorite name was Dessa, and uh, I got the kibosh on that. Danielle. Yeah, it didn't take very, long for no. that. <laughs> I said, what about Dessa? No. All right. You didn't even get the All second right. syllable out? Just nope. the first, the desk? <laughs> what what about she thought nope. maybe I was going to say desktop or something. <laughs> I love computers. What about desktop monitor Broxy? <laughs> nope, not going to happen. Well, boys, my uh, Miami Heat lost tonight. Spoiler alert. Good. Yeah. For all of, for all of you listeners too. who taped the Miami Heat-Indiana Pacers game, sorry oh, for ruining that. They lost yeah. to my sirs? God, if, if you actually watched the Pacers, Clarence, they are the exact opposite of the type of team you would like watching. Really? They're, they're like whiny, trash, baggy, whiny trash talkers. Even when they're losing, uh, so they play in the NBA. Hi, oh, they hate they hate each oh, other snap. like crazy, oh. and they it's just they don't play well. Or oh, they're so. Well, how are they in the conference finals? If they're they're super talented, they, man. They're They've in the Eastern like Conference, and they should have had a yeah. How they're are also they talented. In you know, it's not like I don't. I know who guys in the NBA are. I could not name a Pacer. I couldn't name one sir. Not Paul one. George Danny Grange. Roy Hibbert. Danny, Danny Grange is not on the team anymore. Paul oh. George is a top ten player in the NBA. He's really, really good. The guy that makes the chicken? The guy that... Uh, chicken by George? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's multi-talented. Oh. He can do it all. 
I love uh, when no, Clarence's references are so far off that you actually have to think about it for a while. Like, what could he be Phyllis going George, for I think. here? I think you're probably thinking of Phyllis George. Yeah, Phyllis George, um, she got up. She was, like, in the ABA for a while, but no, she never made it. I have no idea who this guy is. What was his Paul name? George, Paul George is a top Paul ten George. player. He's amazing. Roy Hibbert I've was a star. I've never heard that name in my life once. Paul He's George. Been in the league for five years. So um, how many sports writers have tried to nickname Paul George John Ringo and just absolutely got no traction whatsoever? Oh, uh, that would be one, and his name was John Marthaler. Oh, Thank God that didn't catch him. Um, Roy <laughs> Hibbert. Oh, my God. You're going to add that, that one out? No. <laughs> I'm just watching the Twins game. Yeah, I love, listening to I love that joke. John Ringo. <laughs> All right, so he'll be John Ringo from now on. You know some old white sports writer tried to make that joke already many years ago. Yeah, Shoot probably him. not a nickname, but probably a longer joke like, Paul George, well, where are the other two at? Yeah. You know, that sort of deal. I can totally see that one happening. Oh, yeah, I bet if we, if we cared about looking it up, we could find... We could find a number of columns that had done that, but uh, Suhan is just kicking yeah. himself listening to this podcast <laughs> right now. Like, wow, oh, motherfucker, I could have gone with that. Yeah, um, no, Paul George is amazing. Roy Hibbert was an all star. Lance Stevenson, I think, was an alternate or should have been an all star. So you got three You're making people up. I've David never West, I've heard of Roy Hibbert. I don't know who Lance Stevenson is. Okay, do you know who David West? Do you remember him? He was the an all star for, for the Twins. Yeah. Yeah. So he had a really good lefty curve. Um, so he reinvented himself as a uh, as like a kind of a banger power forward. Um, he's good. He can mix it up. Yeah, and they've got Scola. I mean, yeah, they've got a really talented team, and they're also like John said, they're in the Eastern Conference, so it's not really that difficult. But they like I don't know. They seem to hate each other's guts. It's so it's so difficult to watch, and it's not wow. just me. the national story is. God, I don't want to watch this team anymore. Just please go home. Really? And it's people that have decided now that they're rooting for the Heat, who everybody knows is like super hateable, right? Very. That's why I wanted my Sirs to win. Yeah. But people are cheering for the Heat now, and that shows how fucking wow. annoying the Pacers are. And then obviously, this is one of those like temporary things where if the Heat do go to the finals, nobody will cheer for them at that point. Like everybody would cheer for the Thunder or the Spurs over the Heat. So, you know, you have to get there yeah, sometimes in, like, semifinals. You're like, all right, I'll cheer for you now, but I'm not cheering for you next time. It's one of those deals. Got it. For most people, at least. Uh, but it was a very ugly game. I was sort of watching it out of a corner of my eye, and it was, God, it was an ugly game to watch. Gross. No, thank you. All right, I got you one more question. That you want... No, go ahead. Go ahead. Let's finish up the NBA. Like, I'm just saying, like, you most fans claim that they want good defense, right? Like, they hate when it's just, like, all offense. And then what happens, people don't ever watch. It's the same with the major leagues, right? Uh, major League Baseball this year, scoring is way, way, way down, and I've read so many columns of people bitching about it. And they're all of a sudden missing 10 years ago when everybody was on roids, which we claim to hate, and everybody actually wants it. They go back to roids. All steroids for all athletes. I... If I had a complaint about the state of baseball right now, it sure shit wouldn't be about lack of scoring. It would be about the pace of play. Yeah. Jesus totally. Christ, play the goddamn game. Get in the fucking box. Get on the rubber. Throw the fucking ball. It's my favorite sport, and I'm kind of done with Me it too. this year. Like, I just... 
Dude, I don't have three and a half hours. I don't want to... I can't. The catcher going to the goddamn mound every fucking other pitch. How about don't allow that? How about just you're not allowed to go to the mound I'm to talk to the pitcher ever? Sorry, you can't fine. do that anymore. To go and give the guy a pat on the back. He just did it like five minutes ago where the catcher went out there, the pitcher threw the ball, and you could tell the pitcher's like, don't come out here. Fucking get behind the fucking plate. Don't come out and talk to me. I don't want to talk... Pitching change. Every, three a goddamn inning. Just enough already. Can't do that either. Just don't allow it. Like, everything else. Like, there's no way in football if they would allow you the quarterback to just, like, go away from the center and walk over to the wide receiver and talk to him for 45 seconds. No, it's crazy. It's You're crazy. And I that. love baseball. Like you said, it's my favorite sport. I love baseball. But let's go already. For Christ's sake. Poppy fucking should be ejected. <laughs> every game until he gets in the box after five I'm seconds he should get ejected none of this bullshit that Padre, all of them every Red Sox every Dodger eject all of them kick them out of baseball like Pete Rose fucking ban them forever from the yep. game forever Sorry. and ever ban them from the Hall of Fame ban <laughs> them from fucking ever being on MLB TV and I don't give a going to a baseball game every, you can't hold don't a baseball we- Bat? You can't. can't I don't have memorabilia on eBay. You're blocked from eBay. Ever. You can't wear a fucking. You can't wear a effing anything with a visor. You can't wear. <laughs> you, Just nothing cats for you ever the again. Get in the goddamn box and swing the fucking bat. Just young cats. That's all you can wear. I know, man. It's And something's got to change. And it's one of those things where the sport is so ingrained in tradition where it's. I don't know if it's going to change for. I mean, for a what? while, it's going to be all these little tiny changes here and there. But most people are going to be like, "Here's the thing that I think about with baseball. Do you know how fucking lucky it is to be in the summer where people are sitting outside? This would not stand if all those were filmed. <laughs> no, like, no, you're exactly this. right. Nobody's and but nobody's paying attention anyways, right? Now. No, I don't all care. These beautiful stadiums, but they don't give a shit. It's Sunny, the guy like you, you and I on TV watching that are, and even I'm just sitting here in a recliner holding a beer, like. And I'm still, I got no place to be. I got no place to be. And I'm still like, hurry the fuck up. It's not like I'm in a hurry to get anywhere, but still, yeah. it's unwatchable when they step in and step out and call for time. It's Really, it's the umps. The inmates are running the asylum. The umps got to get some balls and just say, no, I'm not granting time. No. Pitcher, throw the ball, and I will call it a strike if this guy yeah. doesn't get in the box right now. Ump's got to get some balls because this is getting ridiculous. Enough already. Yeah, I mean, if you don't, if you don't give a shit, if it, if your whole livelihood depends on you throwing this perfect pitch for a strike here, obviously, yes, you're gonna love if the catcher comes out and you talk about it again. You go, wait a minute, what are we doing here? Are we gonna shake you off? And is there a guy looking at our signs? Yada yada yada. But that's not really what it's about, you know. Like, we're not in the bottom of the ninth playoffs, right. etc. Like, we gotta fucking get through this because people are leaving. And if they leave, then we don't get paid anymore. And what kills me is I'm tilting at windmills. Bud Selig could give a shit about what mm-hmm. I have to say. They are making money hand over fist right now. He's like, Millions I can't hear you. My uh, TV ratings are <laughs> ching, loud. Ching. That's his, yeah, it's Homer Simpson trying to talk to Moe when Aerosmith is at the bar and Moe just keeps <laughs> bringing the cash register. Bring. I'm never coming here again. Moses, what? I can't hear you. Yeah, you can use it. <laughs> they can't hear me. And this is coming from a person, like you said, 
you and I, we love baseball. This mm-hmm. is what we're saying, is that it's almost unwatchable, <clears throat> and we love the sport. And they still won't hear us. They don't yeah. hear us. They're making too much money. It's a bummer, man. But it could be a great sport. It should be. It used to be. It just... It's going to bite them in the ass someday. It will. It's <laughs> the chickens. These chickens will come home to roost. They're going to come home to roost eventually. That's what, that's what chickens do, man. They come that's home to roost do. and they taste delicious. Those two things. Those are the two Those best two things. things about chickens. Spread them up, cut them into little strips, spread them up, dip them in ranch. Mm-hmm. And come home to roost. Those those two things. A and B. Those things. <laughs> I, got, I got one more question uh, right, before John. we go just because I'm oh. curious about what you two specifically think about this are based on the past are you guys going to watch or at all interested in the world cup no i know yeah i'll watch it i'll watch it a little bit it's fairly entertaining is it just sort of i'll watch whatever happens to be on like the olympics or will you actually be like oh the u.s plays tonight i better be in front of the tv i know the exact same way that i feel about like the olympic hockey where I'll watch it because other people are watching it, and it's fair. It's entertaining enough, but then Maybe. if the U.S. loses, like I'll be over it four seconds later. <laughs> oh well, that was fun. That was cool. I I am I watch the World Cup and hockey the way the majority of women watch all sports. It's sort of a fun, entertaining thing. Hoping cool. that the soccer players take their shirt off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's women. Boy, you know I don't the ladies. Know. I don't know what you're what you're generalizing. Um, you're saying but just that no just, emotional investment in uh, it. I, I mean, it. I'm just generalizing, but that's like my wife loves sports, but also like cannot even imagine the idea of getting upset when something doesn't happen. You know, or having a podcast weekly to talk about <laughs> sports. No, she thinks I'm in here working. Uh, John, I would say that. There's a close game. Like if America is in a close game, at the very end, I may sit down and watch five to ten minutes. If it's you know a good close game where it's intense, if there's some intensity to it. If there's no intensity, I'm probably not going to watch. I won't watch the first half. If I won't watch a three to nothing game that America's in. That which mm. would be that what that would be the that's unlikely. That'd be the highest scoring soccer game in. World Cup history, right? I'm not going to look <laughs> it up. But three nothing. I just John, I, am I a rube for thinking that there are some uh, a lot of similarities between hockey and soccer in terms oh, of the pacing fuck and you. the activity? Pacing? What the no. fuck is the matter with you? Pacing? Yeah, that actually oh doesn't make God. any sense. I'm sorry. You're talking about the f- fastest sport versus the slowest sport, and you're saying they have similar pacing. You've lost it. Like, there's nothing that really seems to happen until, like, the five seconds before the goal or almost goal is scored. There's not, like, lead up. Like, baseball, there is a guy in first, guy in second, whatever. You can sort of sense this tension. And in soccer and in hockey, it seems to kind of almost come out of nowhere. Like, John, we watched that game together when we were um, the wild playoff game or whatever. And we just sort of stared at the TV and didn't really do much until, like... Pass, pass, score, and then we're then we're super excited. I felt kind of the same way with soccer. Like it's fun, it's interesting, the back and forth, and a little bit of positioning here and there. But the actual like insane intensity, tension, whatever, is like the five seconds before the goal, and then the goal and celebrating or being agonized. Like it, it's different than other sports. Football, obviously, you see them building toward these things. I don't get the same sense with those two sports. 
that's the only comparison I'm making is is that aspect of of there's the, yeah I either see. the build up is not really there in the sport or I just don't get I just don't see it as much I don't see the the sort of ma- oh, I, what's the word machinations or whatever I think I see what you're saying I do think I think you're wrong at least in this sense in hockey there is the build up but one of the attractions of hockey is that that build up happens so quickly. That yeah, it's five seconds. The guy. Yeah. But what was the one that the um, that the uh, wild lost it on? They just sort of dumped it in, and then all of a sudden, some weird thing happens, and it's fucking over. It's like yeah. five seconds. Now that's a legitimate criticism. Is is the randomness and the things that that happen in hockey in that aspect? Sure. But I can't. I, I, I can't like argue with that. Sort of similar. Well, I think <laughs> the thing about soccer is it's sort of all build up with There's, no payoff. Yeah, but there's a lot of activity that just leads to nothing at all. True, but it's all build up. It's like that's like saying, well, there were runners on first and third the whole game, but they never actually scored. So how exciting is that, really? Okay, well, I know baseball more than I know other sports, so I know that guys on first and third nobody scored. I also know, okay, well, you saw a lot of pitches. You tired the pitcher out. Uh, you're going to be better next inning because you, you know, again, like you saw a couple curveballs. So the interest lies in your further understanding of the sport, but hockey and soccer you don't understand, so you can't appreciate those nuances. I hockey. I mean, I played it, again, for like 12 years. I didn't play it at that level, though, so yeah, you're right. There may be some other things going on I don't see, but I feel like baseball, even if it doesn't lead to a run, there are little victories on every single sort of at bat and pitch or whatever, and it's kind of fun to see those things. Most of the time, they add to victory, right? So, obviously, guys, on first and third, you didn't get a run. That wasn't useless, though. You got a lot out of it. Hockey, you had a good shift. You didn't score. I do feel like there's a little bit less going on. Like, nothing really happened. You didn't get anything out of it. Where a guy skates full speed into you and absolutely destroys you into the boards, which doesn't really happen in, in soccer either. Everything is happening at full speed where there's a lot more standing around in both baseball and soccer. Yeah. Um, if you stand around in hockey, you'll you'll get you you may die. I mean you you could either get Yeah, you'll probably get hurt beat over the head with a hockey stick. Possibly That's how some of those things happen. So, yeah, so as what I like that I'm just I guess I'm making that comparison. Like football it's obvious, right? It's field position. So there's sure. Whatever. And basketball, it's a lot more like uh, uh, matchup, breakdown, strategy, plays, this and that sort of stuff. Like, oh, we went in to the post, to this guy, and it didn't work. So that we're, we're kind of constantly reinventing our strategy of how to score or whatever. Um, and that's what I... And I don't think that that's necessarily, like, the key component to sports. And I'm not, not knocking soccer or hockey here. I'm just saying, like, that to me, is the, the thing that I've seen that they have in common is there's a lot of, like you said, John, a lot of buildup, but um, I guess I don't really understand watching, like, okay, this team didn't do shit for 50 minutes, but they outplayed them, and it will lead to something at some point. Does that happen? Is that is there, like, oh, there are breakdowns, we're going to have to go after this defender because he's not playing really well today, or no, something? I think or is it just sort of watch the, watch the activity... In a, in a nice, it's a nice ongoing. For for me, I, like I think like. the I think what we're, a lot of, a lot of what you're talking about here is the tension of any sport, and a lot of the tension mm-hmm. of soccer is that because scoring is so rare, 
giving up one goal can mean the difference between anything. All it mm-hmm. takes is one moment, but that one moment can be the most important thing that happens. So yeah. it's always, it's sort of an always-on kind of thing because all it takes is one mistake, all it takes is one breakaway, and that could be the game right there. Mm-hmm. I think no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, don't you think hockey is kind of similar in that in that regard? Like, it's low scoring, so you kind of need to pay attention because you never know when this shit's going to happen. But hockey's like, not that watch, low scoring. I, no, it's not as much. But still, you need to watch the entire thing really closely. Otherwise, you're going to miss all the. You're not going to know just glancing at the TV. Like, if you look at a baseball game, there's nobody on and two outs. Okay, I know exactly. There's not a whole lot going to be happening right here. Solo home run or nothing, right? But in hockey, like, we could be 10 seconds away from the most important part of the game at any moment. Same with soccer. I guess that's true. Yeah, I guess that's true. I'm not sure what point you're trying to make, but I guess that's true. My point is that they're similar in that regard. Yes. I think think we just proved that goals are important in both sports. Yeah, and, and they don't, and they they and they seem to appear really quickly, and it moves really quickly. Maybe not quite as much in soccer because again, it's a slower sport. But they—that's what I felt like watching the World Cup. Like, okay, it's even, it's even, it's even, and then there's a 12-second amazing weird thing that happened, and that's the game. It's interesting. Yeah, that, I guess that's somewhat true. So, John. Jonathan, let me ask you, how how um, excited are you? About the World Cup? Yeah, like are you, like compare it to other sports. Like you know what I like about sports and, and the sports that Clarence likes. Can you compare it for us? Like, yeah, is please. Sure. In the, I am yeah. as excited about a, the World Cup as I am about Olympic hockey. About uh-huh. anything else that I'm, that I really care very much about. That only happens every four years, which makes it even more absurdly painful because there isn't a next year. There's four years from now. And at the yeah. end of every World Cup, you, when the U.S. is out of the World Cup, you sit around and go, oh, my goodness, I'm going to be blank number of years old by the time there's another World Cup. So I don't know if we've asked this before, but can you do it the the rank order of championships that are most important and and slot in US World Cup winner and uh US hockey gold. I've I've tried that sort of thing in the past and it's really it not successful right. because eventually ultimately everything is just tied for number 1 in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> really? This isn't a ranking at all when everything's tied. Yeah. That's, are, that's, that's not how rankings work. No, people, no, when people meet me and they find out that I like a lot of different sports, they say, well, which one is your favorite? And my answer always ends up being, they sort of all are in different ways. I like no, all of them. that's not You're a maniac. Cheat. What is wrong with favorite you? Favorite has a meaning. We're, we're exactly. meaning, and you can't have everything be your favorite because then it's not a favorite anymore. <laughs> What's your favorite I, sport? Sports! <laughs> that is legitimately my answer, and I don't see why I have to pick. No, well, that's, that's a, no because it's not your favorite. There's no favorite way is, that right. the Twins winning the World Series would make you equally happy as the Vikings winning the Super Bowl and the Wolves winning the 
I mean, there's no way that they're all equally. You have to somehow have a threshold. Aren't yeah, you more invested in one but of there's, them? There's no trade-off between all of those things. It's not like I can have a Viking Super Bowl championship but not a Twins World Series. It's yes, not like exactly I have to trade saying. off this between is a hypothetical them. exercise. Yeah, it's a fun exercise to just rank them. That's right. So what, would make you the I have to, what would make you get the drunkest? You're saying I have to trade off and pick only one of these things to happen. Yes. yes. Okay. And I'm going to pick a Vikings, a Vikings Super Bowl right championship. All right. Because. Vikings Super Bowl. Yeah. It's because so a lot rare, of reasons. It but, hasn't happened. Yeah. No, and, that's totally valid. And I think it would probably turn around the entire state of Minnesota for a generation. <laughs> it's possible. It would be odd. All of a sudden, there's like no winter. It's yeah, just exactly. mild somehow, just of the warmth of everybody's happiness. John, I will say this. Uh, as far as the World Cup is concerned, I hope America wins. For the same reason I hoped U.S. would beat Canada in the Olympic hockey. And for the same reason, I really enjoy it when the Vikings beat the Packers. Um, the reasoning being it's so important to these other countries. Soccer is their most important sport. All of their national pride is built into it. And they hate America. Most other countries hate America. Sure. And know how little soccer means to us. They, they know this. The other countries know that we don't give a shit about soccer. And it means a lot to them. So beating them in soccer makes me feel so good. God, <laughs> yeah. I love it. I lo- the Packers pain of others fans, is so a very sweet to them. Oh, it, hockey is so important to Canadians. The Packers are so important to people from Wisconsin. Taking that joy away from them makes me so happy. I and love when about, others are sad. I do, and the I unique thing about soccer is that it combines my making other countries sad, my other love for that, and their hatred for America, tying that in to making them extra sad. It's just this perfect storm of hatred and sadness and uh, jingoism and all of these things that I just love being a part of and stirring the pot with. <laughs> um, like Brazil. Holy shit. If they could knock Brazil out of the World Cup, people in Brazil would be would be crying for a year. I mean, I would get over it like by the next morning. But that sadness they would have would live on. That makes me happy inside. I will be cheering for the U.S. simply because of that. Like in the 2002 when we knocked giving. Mexico out of the World Cup, that was just joyful. Loved it. Uh, Doce Cero, I believe is what you call it. Yeah. Right? One of, one of the many, actually. That's The fact that I know that tells you how happy that makes me. That and you don't even sad. give a shit about the sport. and You only care about other people being miserable. That they love soccer so much and hate America, and it means so much to them to win the World Cup that we can combine all of those things and take it all away from them. Just ugh, all at once. In and one we moment. don't even care about this shit. Don't even care. Don't even care. And they know that I don't care. And yeah. it, so that even intensifies their hatred of it. God, that's awesome. Fucking so God. is your dream scenario like walking up to a, a, a Frenchman on the side of the road who's wearing like a beret and a scarf and he's like crying and you go, Hey, what's, 
what's wrong? And he goes, oh, the U.S. just beat France for the World Cup. And you go, oh, they uh, they were playing today? <laughs> and <laughs> that would be awesome. And just yes. walk away. And then you just go, and then I take his bicycle and I throw it in the river. Like I pick up his stupid French bicycle and I whack, chuck it over the riverside right in the river. And you just, oh, no, I don't even know I have a way of getting home. And, and I take a little... Henri from Cheers. Recyclable grocery bag full of a you know French baguette and like just a celery stem. And I just take that and throw it in the river too. Like, yep, give him a coupon to like fucking Hardee's or something. That's all you got now. Peach. Yeah. And you just sit and like st- let him stew in it for a while. Like World Cup is that soccer? <laughs> Are they still doing that? They're still playing soccer. soccer and we won the U.S. The, the U.S. Yes. doesn't even. Do they have a team? Huh. huh. That's really something. What do you know? Well, good for us. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, go get them next year. Oh wait, you gotta wait four years. Four years? No shit. You oh, might not even terrible. be alive in four years. Look at you. <laughs> All right, I gotta go be somewhere and smell normal. That's where I gotta be. <laughs> I gotta go hop in my monster truck, ruin the earth. Right. Hold on, I'll be right back. I gotta go be a uh, productive human and work. <laughs> Eight hours and uh, add to the economy. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Henri. I like Sorry, to believe. But, uh, yeah, I'd like to believe there's one this French person porn. in France who found this podcast and is using it to work on their English or their Midwestern yeah. accents or something. <laughs> and right now, he just has one single solitary so, tear rolling down uh, his cheek, just pounding their fist on the cafe Sacre table. Bleu. Yeah, he's gonna go. Yeah, gonna go have that. Oh, I forgot that Memorial Day we had of you know memorializing the big one where we saved your ass again. Yeah, uh, we think about that, Pete. Oh man, that's that's gorgeous. All right, now now we're just yelling uh, at French people, so let's go ahead and wrap it up. (laughs) All right. Cool. Well, that was fun. Bye. Yep. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll see you next week when Stu will be back and not watching the Twins lose one another in Texas. Hire Stu. Hashtag hire Stu. He doesn't have a job yet, does he? I think we can do that. Okay. Right. Well, hashtag hire Stu. We'll see you all later.
planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 